Welcome back to Millennial Ag, where agriculture is always on tap and no topic is off limits. Thanks for joining us today, your co-hosts, Valine Likely and Catherine Lotspeech. Listeners, welcome back to this week's episode. Um, as I'm sitting here looking at it snow or it might be rain, and I think, Catherine, are you getting snow in Colorado now too? It is snowy and windy here, and it is cold when I went out to feed the livestock, and you know what? I'm already ready for spring. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't really complain about the moisture, though. I know, um, I think the city of Twin Falls here even put a prayer request out to um their their citizens to start praying for snow and guess what it it happens so. <laughs> but without further ado we have a guest this week um mr bo stevenson is an area farmer and we're super excited to have him on to kind of discuss his operation and kind of some things he's been up to so without further ado bo welcome and maybe tell listeners a little bit about yourself all right hi happy to be here thanks for inviting me on this podcast i think it's a great thing that you guys are doing um, so I am a farmer over here in Southern Idaho. We farm around the Hazleton Eden area, which if you don't know where that's at, it's right almost smack dab between Burley, Idaho and Twin Falls. I farm with my wife and, and we just have a good time doing it. We just, yeah, <laughs> we farm a variety of crops. We do sugar beets, uh, silage corn, dry beans, um, we, like dry beans. We do like pinto beans and, and yellow beans. We've done black beans, pink beans, uh, but mostly on oh, Great Northerns, but mostly it's pinos and, and Great Northerns. Uh, we do like spring wheat, so a lot of soft white wheat and a little bit of hard white wheat. Uh, we'll do alfalfa and different kinds of forages. Every once in a while, we'll plant like orchard grass and timothy grasses when I'm feeling adventurous. But uh, yeah, we just farm and have a good time doing it. Well, that's great. And I love, I love the attitude of, of enjoying what you do too. Cause, um, especially being in the farming industry, if you, if you don't enjoy it, um, it makes for some really, really long days. Yeah, if you don't enjoy it, you ain't going to be doing it long. Cause it ain't, <laughs> there's no other <laughs> occupation on this planet where you say, I'm going to take everything that I have in my bank account, everything I own and, and borrow some more money. I'm going to put it in the dirt and hope something comes up and I'm able to pay my bills. Like that doesn't make any, any business sense whatsoever. And I, sometimes I lay in bed, I'm thinking, what in the world has God got me doing in this life? <laughs> it don't make sense sometimes, but I, I absolutely love it. And I think farming, you really, anything in agriculture, you have to have a passion or else you're, you know, it, it, it can be a real crappy job if you don't. <laughs> Well, Bo, tell us, um, it sounds like you obviously have a passion for farming. What got you interested in farming? Do you come from a farming background? Is your wife's family in agriculture? Tell us about that. So, yeah, so I'm, uh, my family farmed growing up and I'm actually, I'd be a, like a sixth generation farmer. Um, so it's been in the family and, and I've always just, oh, it's just been something I've always wanted to do. And when I was actually a freshman in high school, I rented my very first piece of ground it was 18 acres that an old man uh, outside of Hazleton he, he took a chance on a young fellow and let me farm it and I, I farmed that for 11 years and so I, I don't know there was just never really a question in my mind what I was going to do growing up it was just I was going to be a farmer my dad farmed and was involved in ag and and my grandpa has been farming for since the 70s and his dad was in it and it's just just something that was it's like in the blood or something there's no getting away from it I don't think do you um so you you know you grew up 
on the farm and so forth, are you still, you know, work with your dad and your grandfather and your brothers, or are you by yourself? So uh, uh, it's kind of complicated. I'm, I'm by myself. So my, my wife and I, when we got married, we formed B and A farms. And so we farm, you know, financially and everything we're on our own and we've got our own operation, our own acres and stuff. But my dad also farms. Uh, my grandpa's retired. He retired a couple of years ago and dad, and my uncle kind of took the farm over and my uncle went one way and dad went the other, but we don't really, I mean, on paper, we don't farm together, but in real life, in reality, we, you know, I, I help dad farm and, and he comes out to me. So we, we farm together, but we're just not like together in the books, basically, if that makes any sense. We're probably the most complicated people tell us all the time. Like I had one guy that he stopped by the shop and I've known him forever. And he asked me one day, he's like, you know what? I've been wanting to ask you for a while, but what are you guys doing over here? Cause nothing, you, your operation makes no sense. <laughs> like, are you farming with your dad or your partners? Like, I don't know. We're not, but we farm together pretty much. And it's fun. <laughs> I guess most days. <laughs> I'm Any sure there's can say that it's fun to farm with family. Um, must have a really good sense of humor. <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. That, uh, you know, my wife, <laughs> we're, we're lucky at the, at the end of the year that we all still talk sometimes, but I wouldn't have it any other way. I, I, love waking up and and my grandpa you know he's retired but he's still he probably works harder than i do he's still very much involved and he's even involved in decision making still and i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing some days but um, i just love waking up and i get to go to the shop and i see family and it's you know as much as i don't like it i love it no well that's i think it's wonderful because i I have a strong passion for the family, family business too. And just being able to, mm-hmm. to see your family and, and keep those roots in agriculture continued. Cause it, it is a dying breed to some extent. Um, oh, yeah. and, and farmlands being developed like crazy, um, kind of mm-hmm. maybe switching gears a little bit. What, you know, you mentioned at the beginning, all a variety of different crops you grow. And I have so many questions on specifics because I don't know a lot about dry beans or wheat or mm-hmm. that sort of thing, but maybe what was your, um, what was the summary of 2021 for you guys? What, what crops did you specifically grow? What did your yields look like? Um, and so and it, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I, I was going to say in a reflection oh. of last year, <laughs> um, you know, 2021 was much like 2020 very interesting in a lot of ways we so last year we had our big crops were silage corn and and dry beans where it's kind of the you know we had the most acres of those anyways and and corn the problem we had in 2021 was we were struggling fighting the heat there was i mean it i, I couldn't tell you the date but it seemed like there was one day where it was cold and the crops having a hard time getting up and things were just freezing and and nasty to just waking up and it's 106 degrees and it stayed 106 to 100 and who knows how high for three months, you know? And so that, that, that was kind of a big struggle for us to keep things wet and try to keep things surviving. And other than that, I mean, the beans yield wise beans were, we, we planted a, a variety of yellow beans and I've only raised yellow beans twice, once in 2019 and once in two, last year, 2021. And, both times I've ended the year saying I will never raise a yellow bean again because both years they looked fantastic and, and great and couldn't hardly get them to combine. I thought, oh man, we're, we're going to be able to go on a month long vacation. No, <laughs> oh, look at all this for great yield. And, and they ended up being the worst yield we've ever had. Like this year, the yellow beans 
I, 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 I've never had a, a bean yield so low. And, and I think a lot of it, they look so great, but the pods were empty. I think a lot of it, my agronomist said, was it was perfect weather for them to get uh, a lot of foliage and the bloom and to set pods. And they set nice long pods, but those yellow for some reason, as soon as that heat hit, and they got a little bit stressed. They just aborted the beans, and they were good-looking pods, but nothing in them. And so, I mean, we had—I don't know—which I think is why you diversify. Uh, we had bad, a bad year. You're looking at one crop, but in a really good year, like a corn, the corn yields were the best I've ever had. They beat my record before, and and which I don't know—they're probably lower than most guys' averages, I'm sure. But uh, really good year for corn, good year for alfalfa, but you know kind of a mixed bag <laughs> well and i think other than that, farming another year so <laughs> well that's Must that's good. good and the diversification with your different <clears throat> crops like you said probably mm. immensely helps helps that how did you cho- how do you choose on year to year basis what what you're going to grow um with that diversification mm-hmm. so a big thing is i try to have like a I'll lay out like a five-year crop rotation or crop plan for each farm. And so I'll go into the year kind of knowing what I'm going to have. And I try to keep a rotation. I don't like to plant, you know, some guys will plant a bean. They'll plant like two or three years in a row back to back or silage corn. A lot of guys, I know one guy that kind of a dairyman out in Jerome, he had one, one silage corn field that he had in corn for like nine years. But um, I try to, do keep with my crop rotation try not to plant the same thing you know each year back to back just trying to keep our our insect and and pest and you know all the bad things from growing and (laughs) blowing up so i'll go into the year i already kind of know what i'm going to plant and i just it's just kind of a one two three you know my beans corn grain beets and then repeat pretty much (laughs) but unless unless like this year so um, this year there was talk i don't know if we're gonna have the problem now with the all the snow we're getting but there was talk that we were going to be cut back on our water and so because of that the stuff i had a couple pivots that were going to go into silage corn and and that was kind of left open i thought you know if we're, we're going to be cut back on water i was going to take that from corn which is a very heavy it, it uses a lot of water to split in that farm up those pivots up maybe throwing wheat into one and then corn in the other to where i can you know, by the time that corn starts to really use a lot of water, your wheat's going to be finished. Just trying to figure out how to save water, but I don't know if we're going to have that issue. So it can change, just it depends. But I try to stick to that five-year rotation. So I'm organized. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I've ever heard a farmer say I'm organized before. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, 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 I really strive to be organized, but it usually gets thrown out the window about the 15th of March when farming starts. <laughs> so I'll start the year real organized. I got all my notebooks and, and spreadsheets all ready to go. And, and once I get busy, I, I, I like to pretend I'm um, organized, but. I think that's commendable. <laughs> I have a tough time with organization myself. So um, right. with yeah. as many things as you've got going on, I'm sure the organization is key. Um, uh, yeah. Thank God for my wife. That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> She keeps me somewhat straight, I guess. So, Bo, where do you see opportunity in 2022? Are you, what are you pursuing this year for, to, towards progress for your farm? Mm-hmm. Well, 2022, um, 
had an old guy tell me once, you know, when it comes to opportunity in farming, it, it looks like a bunch of dirt, you know, and so there's always opportunity in farming, but uh, for 2022, one of the big things that I'm looking at doing, so every, every year I try to invest in uh, like technology. So like this last year, I, I, we, my wife and I, we bought auto steer uh, for one of the tractors and, and a few things. And so every year I try to buy some sort of technology and invest and keep us somewhat relevant in today's world. So 2022, I'm looking at adding uh, yield mapping and uh, yield monitor equipment or software to our combine just because i think if i can do that then i can be able to pinpoint some maybe some nasty areas in the field or or i can see whether or not our fertility program's working if i decided to change it or or something just i, I see it as a way to cut costs and be more efficient and so that's something i'm looking at doing this year and 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 we always every winter is spent reviewing the previous year seeing what worked good what didn't work good where we might have lost money where we can maybe change something in the next year and so I, i'm definitely doing that this time of year but but the big thing is is that is trying to update some of our uh, technology just so we can be more efficient and, and know what's working and what's not working and and i just don't want to be wasting money if i don't have to <laughs> especially in today's world with fertilizer prices through the roof and and everything else so yeah it's just I'm looking forward to it for sure. It's going to be a good year. Well, speaking of fertilizer costs, <laughs> I d- what what are they looking like for you? Have you locked those in? I know that's kind of the talk of of farming right now is is the skyrocketed price of of fertilizer and then also seed. Have you already locked some of that stuff in? Or are you waiting to see? Well, I haven't locked anything in. So my agronomist, he's a Great, great guy. I worked with him in a chemical company, which kind of works out because they're like right across the street from our shop and our house. But um, he's kind of promised that they have everything bought and that fertilizer price isn't going to be crazy high. But I've, I've been here and some guys say plan on a 100% increase from the previous year. And so when I, I just, we spend most of December getting our budget and our farm plan and business plan all put together. And I just actually, I finished that a couple of weeks ago, right before Christmas. And what I did, my plan for this year is, is I just took all my expenses last year for in, you know fertilizer and chemicals, and I just I added fifty percent on top of that. Um, and so I don't, I know they're crazy. I, I kind of quit looking at the price because <laughs> every time I I call, you know, oh man, I think this is over a thousand dollar. You know what? I don't want to know. I just my agronomist promises that it, it won't be over thirty percent increase, but I'm just figuring on fifty and hoping to have something left at the end of that. But, it's definitely, it, I don't know, it, it's going to be an interesting year in 2022. It's, it's crazy. Do you, do you know why <laughs> fertilizer costs are so expensive? Like I know there's speculation on other things in the industry right now, but have you heard why fertilizer specifically um, is so high? Uh, you know, I, I think it depends on who you ask. Some of the conspiracy guys, I saw, read an article about, I don't know, some farming group decided to to reach out to the maybe the doj or somebody and, and get an investigation because i think it's monopolized their program and the price is up high but i i don't know i think it's all supply and supply and demand is what i've kind of been told and and i know for like roundup they're saying roundup and stuff's crazy high but i guess i was told that the 
plant they build in like New Orleans just got rebuilt and there's there's no there's a shortage because they haven't been producing anything and not to worry about it. So I, I don't know. I, I hear all kinds of stories, but I think it's more of a supply and demand issue from what I understand, I guess. <laughs> well, and I think okay. you stir in labor probably in the <clears throat> middle of it and trucking and that sort of thing. And oh yeah. Just a combination of everything tied yeah, together. Yeah, you know, like I said, I'm a farmer, but I don't know. I don't know. I just kind of talk to my agronomist and hope that when I go to buy fertilizer and stuff, it's there and I can have it. And I, you know, but that's why I would assume, like you said, there's, you hear all about all these like trucking shortages and labor shortages. I think just probably a mix of everything. Just this, the new normal, hopefully, I guess is what I'm told. <laughs> hopefully not. Shifting gears a little bit, Bo, um, you balance a lot of roles. You're a father, a husband, a farmer. You're also a part-time pastor. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and what your role is in the community? Sure. So, uh, yeah, you know, along with growing up, I you know, always wanted to be a farmer. But, but I remember when I was five or six years old, I remember telling my, my mom, I said, you know what, I, I really want to be a preacher. I want to be a pastor. I felt like that was something that was called. Uh, calling on my life and, and growing up, uh, God just has always been so good to me. And through high school, um, I just it was all, you know my relationship with Christ is always number one through a lot of lot of things. You know, there was a few years where I probably was, as they say, backslidden. I was on the back burner with that, put all that on the back end. But um, when I graduated high school, I kind of graduated high school just you know I I had I think it's like. 30 or 40 acres that I was farming when I got out of high school. And so I knew I wanted to be a farmer, but it was something I knew that God had a calling on my life and, and that he was calling me to the ministry somehow to be a, a pastor or a preacher. And, and at the time I had no, the church I was going to, there was no opportunities or anything to step into ministry or to, to in, any sort of internship or whatever. But I just, I knew that I knew that God had something on my life. And, and so um, he, re, you know, God, directed you know the bible says he directs our path you know i ended up in rupert at this small church and uh the small growing passionate church in rupert called grace church and and that's where i met my wife and she ended up being the pastor's daughter and 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 he was actually the one that when it was in 2013 he just randomly said you know i, I really think you should you should uh preach this sunday and i i had no idea how to do that and, and i didn't really share with him that that was a calling in my life and so I kind of stepped into that and, and I remember praying to God, you know, you've got me farming and being a pastor. I don't, I, either one of these are going to work out. Um, you know, you're going to have to figure that out for me because obviously you've given me the desires of my heart and you got to line that up somehow. And so uh, fast forward to, to now, um, I'm a part-time, well, I, I say part-time pastor, but, but really I feel like ministry is full-time and, and, and I always wondered how I was going to balance that, you know, looking back, farming and, and ministry. But now I realize that God has been in agriculture. It's not really a community that's, yeah, we're conservative. We have conservative values and home values and family values. But it's, it, it's kind of a rough, a very rough community. And, and with farming being such a stressful occupation, I think, I think farmers are like the highest suicide. They have the highest suicide rate over every any occupation and so it's a very tough job and there's not a lot of 
of people that are, are willing to reach the ag community um, and say, hey, you know what, listen, I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to walk, you know, just help you. And so God's really placed me in, in that position to be able to, to, to be there for a lot of people, especially in, ag community, in you know, agriculture. But he's put me in a position where I'm able to, to just walk and, and to love people who otherwise might not have somebody to do that with them. And, um, but, but yeah, I, I don't know if that answers your question, right. Or whatever, but I'm, I'm very thankful for where I'm at. It's, it's opened up a lot of opportunities, like I said, just to love people and, and to serve them, serve them well, and, and just to show them the love, love of God. And that's something uh, that this world, they need a lot, lot more of it is loving people. And, and I think that's what I'm called to do. And it's just something that God has worked out and balanced and, and, it's not really something that, that's divided. It's my my ministry is going out and farming and doing what I love, and and God just works through that somehow, some way through this little old, old farm boy. <laughs> I don't know how he does it, but he it, it works. Well, I think that's so special, and what better way to to spread the word of God than um, in your day to day life and with people that need it. I think you hit it on the head, need it most, you know, suicide. We talk mental health on, on the podcast quite a bit and, mm-hmm. you know, just showing up for people, um, and being a resource it, even if it's a friend <laughs> or, you know, having yeah. a relationship, I think is, is super mm-hmm. special. Um, what, I guess, what advice do you want to leave listeners with? What words of wisdom do you want to leave listeners with words of encouragement, that sort of thing? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. So I would say number one is, like I said earlier, love people um, and and be somebody that's not. What I found in farming, and it kind of frustrates me sometimes, is is there's a a lot of negativity towards each other. I mean, we're in a community that what is it, like 1% of, uh, of the population feeds the rest. And so we're in this community all with the same goal of uh, farming for a profit. Cause if you're not farming for a profit, you know, we probably ain't going to be doing it for very long. Um, so farming and feeding the world, but yet we, we always, we like to tear down our neighbors just because so-and-so got a nicer tractor or maybe they farm a little more acres than you. And so don't be so negative. Uh, quit comparing yourself to, you know, your neighbor, quit comparing yourself to others because what works in, in so-and-so's operation isn't going to work in yours. I know I'm not, we don't, I mean, we're not a, a very small farm, but we're not like the greatest, biggest farm in Idaho. So what works for the biggest farming going to work for our operation. So quit comparing yourself to others. And I think what I found that works is find somebody that's doing something right um, that is that is successful in farming and, and don't be afraid to ask them and to come alongside them. And don't be afraid to ask them the dumb questions. Like what I've found, I've had a lot of dumb questions and I've, I've got a, a handful of old farmers and, and some young farmers that are close to my age that I know are doing stuff well and I want to learn from them. And, and I just, I soak it up, but find somebody that's doing something right that, that, you know, you, you gotta have a, you gotta have a, like a role model. You gotta have something to, somebody to come alongside you and just, help you because farming you're going to have a lot of questions and, and it isn't something you should do alone because it's tough <laughs> but I, that would be my advice that's something I, I wish I would have known a long time ago um, but I'm learning now still learning 
Well, Bo, we can't thank you enough for, for coming on and taking some time this evening to join us. Um, your words of wisdom and your your operation are fascinating. And I think we'll have to have you back on because I want to dive into dry sure. beans sometimes because <laughs> I know nothing about them. Well, um, I can tell you one thing. They're one of the crops that <laughs> you, you plant them. And from the moment you plant them, all you're trying to do all year long is not to kill them. And, and <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I raise every year. I say I'm never raising the bean again. And then I ended up it's one of our top crops. I'm like, why am I planting so many acres of this? So yeah, anytime, anytime. This is fun. Awesome. And then last question we have is where can listeners sure. find you? If, if you want listeners to find you, <laughs> I don't know if they want to find me. Uh, so I'm on Instagram. Uh, it's just my name, Bo Stevenson, zero eight on Instagram. And I'm on TikTok. I've uh, over there, uh, random Idaho farmer, I think is my name, something like that, but no, uh, <laughs> That's <had a> great <laughs> Idaho farmer was taken. So I figured well, I'll just be the random one. <laughs> <laughs> and what you share from TikTok on Instagram is, is fairly entertaining from my vantage point. I don't have TikTok, but I, I appreciate you continuing to put the good word of agriculture out and the good word of God out as well. So thanks both for, for all your hard work you in that you. realm too. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. This was, this is a good time. Hope I answered your questions and, and you got something out of it. Yeah. <laughs> <I hope. laughs> we, oh, we did. And listeners, we thank okay. you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Millennial Ag Podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or you can email us at talk to us at millennialag.com. Until next week, we are Millennial Ag. Mm-hmm.